Hey, what's up guys, this is Mitch from Respect My Region and today I'm joined by Tim Shaw, COO of MeriMed, which has a house list of brands. What are some of those brands, Tim? How's it going, Mitch? Nice to see you. Um, some of the brands we're really proud of, our retail brand in Massachusetts is Panacea Wellness, located in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Two more locations hopefully opening in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, look for that and, and somewhere else within the state of Massachusetts. Um, some of the prize winning brands we have that are sold at Panacea and beyond are our Betty's Eddies, which uh, are becoming a nationally known brand. Really good, high quality taffy. And Nature's Heritage is our flower brand um, in a few states. Uh, just came in second in the Cultivator's Cup. Was hoping for that win, but we'll take it. The Crescendo strain did really well. People loved it. So yeah, Nature's Heritage and Betty's are the two top brands here in Massachusetts for us. Awesome. And so I just obviously toured through the Nature's Heritage facility, um, you know, really impressed with the flower. The quality is my first trip out on the East Coast. You know, I, I've told you I'm from the West Coast. So, yeah. you know, I, I was I had low expectations for flower coming out here. Um, def definitely look, looking and smelling great. You know, I'll have to I, I, I got to you know, try the product later to get, you know, get the full aspect. But I, I, I'm, I'm not expecting low anymore after walking through here, man. Definitely impressed. Um, What's kind of your journey in, in cannabis up to this point? Like, well, what's, what's your history with the plant? Well, much appreciated. I'll be looking for feedback after you try that. <laughs> Hopefully it's all good. Um, yeah, it's been a long road. I mean, um, legal cannabis came to Massachusetts in 2008 as a decriminalization hit. Um, prior to that, I was an engineer with Sprint Nextel, putting up cell phone towers, um, which, as you can imagine, is really fun. Um, at that point, I could smell the West, where you're from, coming East, pun intended, right? There was change in the air, and we knew as more and more states like Colorado got legalized, I, I looked for a way to get involved in the cannabis industry legally, right? And picks and shovels won the gold rush, also won the green rush, right? Started a, a retail operation called Green Matters, where we supply lighting, nutrients, and, and everything else you need to grow high-quality cannabis. Um, and that was really used as a stepping, stepping stone to get into this space and it really helped me build a network both locally and regionally and I met with my partners Bob Fireman, John Levine and you know all the pieces of the puzzle started to come together as more and more states began to pass medical. Um, we took some of the expertise that those guys have gained over the years. They had some, some California base um, dispensary and grow out there so they they came with some knowledge and um, started a company called Marimed started winning uh, licenses across the state organically building these these facilities um, Delaware Maryland Illinois Nevada to name a few so it's been a long ride I feel like yeah. old shoes in this space now absolutely absolutely and so for the grow you know I've been to 200 plus grow facilities at this point. You know, there's not a lot of unique things that stand out to me, you know, because there's different categories, sun-grown, greenhouse, you know, certain things have their similarities. Um, but what really stood out and impressed me, I mean, it was really clean. So first of all, I'll, I'll give you props for that. You know, it was very clean, very sterile, which is always great to see, you know. Appreciate that. Because, uh, you know, out west where there's a lot of outdoor, you know, it's not uncommon to find maybe like a dog hair, like on a finished product. Right, that's uh, You know, yeah, that happens. So, you know, it's uh, nice to see uh, just the cleanliness. Um, but your guys' cure process, um, curing, do you mind even talking? I, I won't spill the beans if that's proprietary, you don't talk about it, but 
Um, I'm not afraid. Okay. It's it's all good, definitely. So curing, so, you know, obviously guys can't see it, but, you know, if you've been to Grows, they usually cure in, like, Costco, Home Depot totes. We're growing in sealed barrels here. Um, right. Where did the inspiration for that come from? Well, part of the issue and the time consumption and just the weight and having flat buds happening from being in totes and all the weight from how deep you'd have to stack it to be efficient or you need twice the size of the grow room just to keep the amount of, of totes of what's curing. So anyway, being able to have a, a cylinder, filling it with leaving headspace and, and, and spinning it just seemed like the, the right answer. So we were able to find some food grade barrels, tip them on their side and really save a ton of time spinning the barrels rather than having to reach um, everybody's hands into the material, fluffing it up, trying to get more air to the stuff that's fermenting at the bottom. This way you never have to continue touching it, beating up the flour. Um, a lot of the damage, so there's a lot of good growers out there who know how to grow great weed, but don't know how to post-process right. it and end up ruining it. You know, it looks amazing right at harvest, and then from then on it just continues to get beat up, and that's the, that's the risky point for that flower. So we handle with care, and that's really the inspiration behind it, trying to touch less and, and give the, the plant enough time to cure appropriately. Absolutely. Yeah, as, a, as, a, as a consumer that's been educated through my, my experience with the industry, the cure is absolutely everything. And you're, I can't tell you how many facilities I go through where I've never tried the product and you know you see the grow and you're like, oh, this looks excellent. Right. And you go to the, the store afterwards, I'm eager to buy your stuff and you open it up, smells like straight no hay bueno. and it's just like, what? <laughs> who, who did this to this bud between the it's moment criminal. where I just saw it to here, you know? You spend all that time and energy nutrients labor to grow this beautiful plant a lot of people don't realize that it's the post-processing that needs just as much attention absolutely absolutely no, I, I couldn't i couldn't agree more um and it and it really thinks from the way you guys pack the way you guys do your process the way you package that's definitely evident that's put forth you know healthy good plants all the way through the cycle um curing it that way and then even the way you guys were were trimming stuff over there um was definitely just, you know, like you said, hands off, but still getting that, that hand love. A lot of hand watering is what I saw. You know, you guys pride yourself in hand trimmed. So I take it machine trimmed is a, is a big thing in this state. I mean, yeah, the most places for good reason, efficiently, hand, sure. you, you can knock out a ton in a day by machine trimming, but really you're, you're really selling a subpar product in my opinion. I want to see what that bud looked like actually when it was growing and, and give it, you know, it's craft cannabis, right? Yeah. We're on a commercial scale. We, to your point, you said we do some hand watering. All the flower rooms, all the big processing rooms are fed with a full irrigation system. But in the critical points of being a mom, being a, a clone, or even in the beginning sta stages of vegetation, we do hand water just to make sure you're setting that plant up for success. Once again, just like curing is post-flower, post the vegetation, the cloning, the mother is all leading up to that flowering period. So if you don't take care of, care of it beforehand, you're gonna have a subpar product. So each piece of the puzzle is that important. And um, that's where I really feel, you know, it's, it's, it is a cliche term, craft cannabis sure. on, a, on a commercial level, but we truly live it, breathe it, do it every day. And so, and that was gonna be my next question is, what are, what has been some of the thought process and maybe some of the growing pains of, of executing that, right? Like, cause craft cannabis usually 
refers to what once was garages or Correct. you know three bedroom house where you're talking about 900 800 you know not even 300 square foot rooms exactly. right you know and now you're moving to 1600 square foot flower rooms which um, is still small right. i mean industry standard 1600 is a small room and i think it's cheaper so going with investment and trying to figure out the right way to lay out this building, we could have, instead of had, having 17 flower rooms, done it with eight flower rooms and had three to 5,000 square foot rooms. In my opinion, three to 5,000 feet is manageable, but it's not craft cannabis anymore, sure. right? You're not able to control the microclimates as well. You're not able to have single people really focusing on every plant. Um, and so 1,600, although bigger than a garage or, or a home grow is, is I think a sweet spot for mm -hmm. for this type of operation and it isn't as much labor with good SOPs and good time management you know one person can handle three rooms so the flower team is not a hundred people just taking care of these to grow this high quality product good SOPs good you know hands-on is it works and so we also saw in there the sativa room and yes. so please you know give me a little bit of insight you know i know a little bit of it but a little bit of insight of the importance of having a room dedicated just to sativas well sativas as most know some don't take a lot longer sativas come from you know hawaii and and, and out west where the good climates are and with a good climate it's a longer grow period um, and that shows true in the flowering time. So most indicas and hybrids that have crossed with indicas were done just to shorten the, shorten the grow time. So in two months you can harvest. A lot of our sativa strains are 15 and 16 weekers. So having that room, it makes half the amount of harvest in a year. However, we think it's that important to be able to truly give these plants their full maturity state and provide the market patients and customers alike a true sativa that's been grown all the way to its maturity that's awesome man. that's that's definitely another you know unique thing that you don't see at a lot of facilities because the time essence and just the turn and burn right. i mean that's what when you're looking at a finished product that's what you should you know look to do lessen the lead time you know Absolutely. to get get the consumers more products you know what i mean there's there's multiple sides to that but it's good to see you know, still staying true to that crafted scale of, of being able to, all right, we can't necessarily split all the rooms and do this, but we'll dedicate a certain room. Dedicate a room, and, and that's, yeah, that's that's what it's about with, with craft cannabis, giving the people what they what they want, staying true to this plant, and um, having a, a, a real variety. I don't think there's too many true sativas that you can find in any markets. Yeah, and so I, and I also, another, another unique thing is, I think, position is having you at, at you know, at the helm of this is, uh, you know, your understanding of genetics and having that library and breeding, you know, so often in, in today's recreational market or adult use market, whatever terminology you want to use for it. Um, you know, the auto flowers big and, you know, there's a lot of grows out there where it's lower level, mid-level growers and there's no true breeder on site who right. understands these genetics and, and, you know, they, hey, these are the couple strains that work for us and we just rock with that. Like what, what do you look at when you look at bringing in a new strain? Are you paying attention to hype and what the market is showing you? Are you paying attention to what the West Coast is showing you? Or are you kind of just have a, a gut intuition? Well, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> Hyping what the West Coast is. So anyway, I think it, it's case by case, right? I think there's so many different checked boxes, right? From whether it's a citrus strain, a gassy strain, a sativa, an indica, um, different 
terpene profiles, we try to make a matrix of what we have and what are we missing? What can we add? Do we have a cheese in the building? We don't right now. We're about to start planting a blue cheese in, in, in the facility to try to fill the voids so that we touch each one. And as we bring in new strains, if it outshines one of the strains that's in the same checkbox, it's the tough decision, but one will have to go and one will replace it. Um, variety is the spice of life, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in cannabis. I think um, real heavy users do realize that if you're smoking the same thing over and over again for any given period of time, you start to get a tolerance to it. And it doesn't matter if the next thing you have is a, is a lower testing THC, you're, you're probably going to get a little bit more effect out of it than the thing that you've been, been smoking just because of that tolerance buildup. Um, so what we try to do is really keep a high amount of crop management with 30 to 60 strains always in rotation. Mm -hmm. So at any given moment when you go to Panacea, you're going to see at least 20 strains available on both medical and adult use menus, um, which I think people really like that, you know, coming in. Being able to have the trusted dirty dozen, we have the first 12 that have made the cut that will stay, is good. You feel confident you can go to get something you'd like, but always having something new hit the menu and be able to just heighten your your, your taste buds is, is cool. Right, and so speaking of, of Panacea, having a retail outlet and a, a grow, that's the sweet spot, you know, for some people out there, you know, every, our listeners come from different states, you know, it's vertical integration <laughs> in some states, some states it's just acquiring multiple license, right. licenses and, and having a, a little bit of a handhold on the entire supply chain. What is What has kind of been the importance of of having a retail outlet and then also having this brand that you can kind of grow synonymously and separately? Oh, it's been great. I, I mean, having the retail gives us the chance to give the customer a great experience with bringing, I mean, the opportunity is, is people feeling comfortable in buying cannabis again, right? A lot of the folks, you'd be surprised the demographics that walk through the door. It's not the tie-dye dread young kid that you see walking in every day, the majority of new patients are our parents, right? And they might have had cannabis back in high school, college, and just being law-abiding law citizens kind of got away from it. Now that it's legal, getting them back in the door, giving them that experience that this isn't a bad thing has been amazing for the industry, having a, a great brand in, in a um, dispensary. And then, you know, growing the brands teaching about flower. I mean, nature's heritage is really about heritage. All the brand, all of the strains, we have um, lineages to back them up, to give you a education on why it's called what it is, who the geneticist was, where the strains came from back, all the way back to land race. So um, we find that to be important and helpful to people to realize that it's not just all weed. Mm -hmm. there, there's some real differences here. And Betty's Eddie's is just a really fun brand. Some of the most tastiest edibles on the market um, all made with very high-end ingredients um, it's a it's similar to like a saltwater taffy that is from this region all the way down the east coast it's it's an old-fashioned just nostalgic great tasting candy yeah so it's it's great having those brands really absolutely absolutely and that's you know something we were talking about you know off mic earlier is the education in this industry and that's really what's going to help you know, it's really a, the big phase we're in right now. You know, yeah. like you said, there's tons of consumers that may have never had experience with cannabis, or a little bit back in the day, or even if you've been a heavy consumer, you've not had this type of selection. Right. And you know, the average consumer doesn't know 
a genetic lineage, right? Like they probably didn't even know that was a term, you know? And so yep. what is some of the things that have been, and you kind of wrap, probably wrapped it up a little bit in that last answer, but what are some of the things that have been most exciting to you with cannabis, with adult use coming online and kind of the stigma breaking down a little bit, we still have a ways to go, but, but the Pandora's box open. Yeah, I mean, access really. I mean, I, I look at it as whether you're an adult use customer or a medical patient, you're all cannabis patients, right? A lot of the people that walk through that door that are rec customers, only reason why they don't get their medical card to save on the taxes is because they have a license to carry or they work as a teacher or there's some stigma and they don't want to be on a list. So having access to everybody not having to be on a list and being able to walk in and feel some level of discretion um, has been huge for, for the adult space here in Massachusetts, I think. And it's really making it table talk, right? It's mm -hmm. not devil's lettuce anymore. Right. People are having dinner and having discussions, educating their kids. It's, you know, as you see in history across the country, safety didn't go down when cannabis became legal sure. in all these states. Actually, young people use has gone down with legalization, with education. and making it more difficult for the black market to survive. All those things are um, great positives for, for right. adult use being legal in any state. The world has changed. So what are, outside of Massachusetts, what are some of the states that you're most, uh, most excited about? Um, you know, up and down the East Coast. I think, you know, the West has been doing this since 96 in some way, shape, or form, and it's a little bit old hat, right? And yeah. It's taken a long time for, for the East Coast to, to catch up. So the fact that from Florida to Maine, there's gonna be a path where every state's legal in the near future. I mean, you pinch yourself, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, as far as a market goes, I think every market's different. I think having an open market, the availability to have wholesale so that great brands can hit any dispensary, not just a full vertical like Florida does right now. I think that's a miss. I think mm -hmm. that makes it difficult for access because what works for me may not work for you. And if I have to travel to a place that's only on the west coast of Florida because that's what works for me, then that's I think that's a big miss. Right. Um, so the markets that have multiple license with wholesale, being able to, uh, to hit every dispensary is, is key. Um, and the majority of them are coming on like that now. So yeah. New Jersey, New York is going to be exciting. I think they got a long road ahead of them, but we're paying attention and uh, hopefully an opportunity opens up for us in those states. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be in cannabis. Um, again, this is Mitch with Respect My Region. I got Tim Shaw over here, COO of Mary Med, and uh, you know, a whole list of brands underneath that. We're coming live from the, the Nature's Heritage facility. Um, man, anything else you want to plug or say before we get up out of here? Um, no, just eat your eddies. Enjoy some <laughs> nature's heritage. Appreciate everybody. Awesome, man. Thank you.